Hello, and welcome to another episode of Season 2 of East Baseball on the Mic. I'm your host, Hope Shortridge, back with another episode. Joining me on today's special edition of the Coaches episode, we have head coach Michael Lonick and his assistants Ben Brink and Noah Kohanek. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Hope, thanks for having us. Thanks, Hope. Good to see you. Thanks, Hope. The 2023 spring and summer season for the Lincoln East Spartans and the Carpetland Rugs was one to go down in history. In the spring, the Spartans finished with a record of 31-4 and and became the first Lincoln school to win the Class A State Baseball Tournament since 1977 and earned the program its first championship victory. The Rugs went 53-12 and with a second-place finish at the American Legion World Series in Shelby, North Carolina. Before we turn to summer baseball, let's touch on the spring. The state title game against Millard West was a dogfight through and through that ultimately left the Spartans victorious. In the bottom of the seventh inning, Troy Peltz made a throw and Jeter Worthley put on a tag that saved the game and sent it into extra innings. What was your reaction to that play? For me, um, when the ball was hit, when the ball was in the air, you know, I, I thought it was probably deep enough to score him. Uh, and then I saw, I saw Troy wasn't drifting as far as I, I thought he would, so I thought we had a shot. And I saw the throw was right on line. Um, we worked on long hops, I mean, more than anybody in the world, I think. And uh, Troy gave him a, a perfect throw. Uh, for me, it was, you know, euphoria for about six seconds. And then, you know, trying to figure out how we were going to score a run off Nick Van Tiger because he was really, really good. The 10th came, and East was able to string base runners together to eventually score pelts and give them the 3-2 to two lead. What does this say about the grit and no-quit attitude of the team? Troy um, got that inning going, and I, I don't know if everybody remembers, but the two at-bats before that, Troy hit the ball to right field about 100 miles an hour both times. So um, Troy, as a 15-year-old, you know, had the presence to know they were going to try to keep the ball away from him and hit the ball the other way. Um, and then... You know, we executed some months okay, and then Joey did the same thing. He knew he was going to, you know, have to handle a ball out over the plate, and that's what he did. Um, I talked to Steve Fry this summer when we played at Millard West, and we kind of laughed because if if Joey hits that ball and we run the bases like that on a, a noon game, you know, without 4,000 people there, they probably throw Troy out at the plate by 35 feet. But because the fans were going so crazy, nobody could hear anything. And um, it just takes me back to, like, you know, when I was a younger coach, I thought I could control every outcome. And the more I've done it and the more I've been in it with these guys, you realize that sometimes it, it's a break here, it's a break there. When Owen Lessig made the final out, what emotions were you feeling in the moment? Um, my stomach dropped because if you saw the throw from the art angle, it looked like he was going to spike it. So it, we're lucky that it, it wasn't that that wasn't the case, but it looked like he was going to spike it right away. <laughs> I just had this like incredible pause or like time almost just like froze. Um, and I remember watching the boys run out onto the field 
And I remember looking up and seeing my wife screaming and it just kind of like hit me in that moment how much work everybody has put into our program, you know, finishing on top like we did. So for me, it was just like this pure elation and joy and just a pause to stop and just feel so grateful for everything that everybody did that went into us, you know, winning that game on that stage. Yeah, I mean, it was like, you know, multiple years of making a commitment to the program and focusing so much on what your next step is to achieve the goal that we've set. And so even during the game, it was one inning after another, one inning after another, and mix out and pulls in. I was ready to go 15 or 16 innings, whatever it took. And then that play happens and everybody's sprinting on the field and it's like you win, but the emotion, but like coach said, it's like, I just got slammed by this overwhelming emotion probably a minute or two after it was done. And it was just like an emotional dump. It was intense emotion of just basically achieving the impossible. Coach Lonick, this one was also special because it was your 100th win within the program. What did this one mean to you, your family, and this program? Um, I mean, I don't, I didn't even hope you were the one that was keeping track of those wins, not me. But um, for me, it was just like I said, it was so much satisfaction because of all the hard work we put in, you know, the two guys sitting here, Ben and Noah and the rest of our coaching staff. But the players on that team, the players from years before, the parents, the administration, um, you know, it's been a long journey. Um, you know, it's been five years, but it feels like it's been about 20. And uh, I just feel so grateful for all hands that have been a part of it. And um, to create a memory that they'll never forget is a pretty cool feeling as a coach. As you reflect on the season, what are you most proud of individually and as a coaching staff? Um, I would say just the development of um, learning how to win. Um, I think a big thing that goes into that is, I mean, it really goes to show how many close games we played in. I mean, I don't know exactly the number, but out of our 90-some games we played, there was probably 20 that were one-run, two-run, three-run games that it was a dogfight until the sixth or seventh inning, and then it was a coin flip on who won. And we, I mean, luckily enough, we won most of those, but I think that really just goes to show. And it was just a competitive group that just, you know, realized we don't have to score seven or eight runs to win. We can score three runs and play really good defense because our pitchers are going to give us a chance. So us building that identity as a team, um, as a coaching staff, as a program was really cool to be a part of. I mean, it's been fun to like be around these guys. It's been fun to learn from, from Coach Lonick and the experience that he brings and the positions that he's played in, the big games and stuff that he's played in. So just to soak all that in, learn been fun to watch Noah continue to progress. Um, I think he's one of the most underrated names in the state when it comes to coaches. And just those moments that you get to share with some guys that love baseball, right? I mean, we love our kids, we love our players, but like, I'll never forget the times and the dugouts and the conversations and the celebrations with these three, with these two guys and our other guys in our, that are on our staff. Turning now to summer baseball. Just a few days after the state title win, and while school was still in session, Legion Baseball started. 
Talk about having such a short turnaround from spring baseball to the start of what could be and was a long summer. Yeah, I mean, it was nuts. Like, we won, and, um, you know, obviously we wanted to give the boys a break and let them celebrate. Um, So we didn't even meet as a team until we played. We handed out the jerseys, I think, in the parking lot and went and took batting practice and played and jumped right in. And um, you could tell, you know, early in the summer, you know, we weren't executing at quite as high of a level. We weren't, um, you know, finishing games the way we knew how to finish games. And I think that's just because we were asking 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids to execute and play at this high level for the same amount of time that really a major league team does. So we got through that, and um, I give a lot of credit to our leadership on our team. You know, we could have... We could have mailed it in a bunch of different times in the summer. That's what my brother told me when we made it to the World Series. He said there was about seven, eight times where your team could have just mailed it in. You know, we we lost to Pius in the area tournament. We came back and we had to play elimination game that if we lost, we would have been done. And the same thing happened in the state tournament. I think we won five elimination games in a row. And uh, it's just a testament to the leaders on our team, Paul and Carter and Garrett and Jeter and I mean I could go on and on we had so many big moments from Joey and Landon and Kai and Owen and the list just goes on and on Chase so it's a testament to those guys you know I get way too much credit for the success but um the summer was was player driven it was player ran and um they took us on a really really fun ride that I'll never forget I remember having a car ride home with coach from one of our games in the summer. And it was just like, man, I, I didn't realize how freaking difficult it is to survive success, right? Like it's one thing to win it in the spring, but then to survive that and to carry that forward and to play at that level is extremely difficult. And um, combination of that, that first part of the summer was a little bit of a challenge for all of us, but I'm telling you by the end of the summer, I think that we've cemented the flag that here's the expectation. We're a winning program. If you're going to put on the jersey and play, we're going to win. Right? And then that builds a ton of confidence and identity for our program that uh, I'm, I'm really ready to get back on the field now. Let's talk about some of the out-of-state tournaments. The Rugs went to Kansas City for a tournament, as well as Cedar Rapids and Cincinnati. What was special about these tournaments and having the opportunity to go to them? Yeah, it's, it's just fun to get on the road and play somebody else. I think that's it's a good thing for the players, coaches. It's kind of a vacation for the families. So being able to do that is always a lot of fun. Yeah, as the guy who kind of makes the schedule, when, when I look at those tournaments and I spend a lot of time in the fall trying to figure out what's the makeup of our team going to be, you know, what are the ages of our players going to be, where would be some good places to go? I really think about two things. One, I think about recruiting exposure, getting our kids in front of you know college coaches and giving them the opportunity to be seen. And two, I think about trying to find the best competition that we can find you know, to challenge our hitters versus good pitchers and to challenge our team. But I think the biggest benefit, hope, of going on the road is the time your kids get to spend together not playing baseball. If I went down to the lobby, our kids were either in the pool, playing poker, or making plans to go to the mall or go do something. And I just think that time together with those guys brings them so close that, 
you know, when we're down one to nothing to Cheyenne and we're getting no hit, it's like they spend so much time with each other all year and, you know, they have so much trust in each other. Garrett said it on the broadcast that he was so happy it was him up in that moment, but he had no doubt whoever was up was going to deliver because they just love each other. And I think it's sitting around the poker table all night, swimming in the pool together, going to movies, going out to eat. Um, that's the best benefit of traveling together in the summer, and it's you know something that I'm really happy we got the opportunity to do. The Rugs dropped the first game of the Legion State Tournament to Miller North, and from there until the rest of the season, really, needed to keep winning in order to keep playing. Carpetland went on to win the state tournament, sending them to the Central Plains Regional Tournament in Rapid City, South Dakota. For those who don't know, the drive to Rapid City from Lincoln is around seven to eight hours. On Wednesday, August 2nd, the Rugs played their first game of the regional tournament. They took on the post-37 Williston Keybirds. Carpetland scored two in the bottom of the second and five in the bottom of the third and three in the bottom of the fourth to give them a nine-run lead at the time and leaving them victorious 10-5. How huge was it for the offense and bats to score seven runs so quickly in three innings in regards to pitching? Yeah, it always helps a lot. Um, I mean, being a college pitcher and when you pitch with a lead, it's so much easier because you're... I mean, you can miss and still get out. You don't. You don't have to try to be perfect. You just go in there, throw strikes, fill it up. I think that's what we did. Um, they obviously made some contact later in the game that scored some runs for them. But when you're up ten to two, two runs here don't really matter in the sixth inning. Yeah, we knew we were going up there. Um, I don't want to say shorthanded, but I mean we were missing three Division One bats, and so you know we were going up there, and our expectations. At least my expectations weren't, you know, incredibly high. So we knew, you know, we were going to have to squeeze the innings out of Paul and Carter and Chase and, and Connor and those guys. So for the boys to hit, I think Garrett hit a big homer, um, gave us a good chance to get Paul out and, you know, let our offense find their footing a little bit without three of those really, really good players. The Rugs went on to defeat the St. Michael Mikes the very next day with a score of 3-2. to two. Chase Nelson went seven innings with seven strikeouts. A.J. Avasco hit a three-run home run in the bottom of the fifth inning to score Kai Berkey and Landon Sandy. Talk about this game with the Mikes. They are a big, tough team, but with Avasco and Nelson's help, you were able to pull out the victory. Chase was really good. That St. Mike's lineup, as they showed the rest of the tournament, could flat-out hit. And Chase was just absolutely electric on the mound. Carter Mick, Connor Johnson, and Keith Kanak combined to beat Fargo Post 2 in the third game of the tournament with a score of 7-1. They then went on to defeat the Harrisburg Tigers in walk-off fashion, moving the Rugs onto Championship Sunday. The Rugs would then face the St. Michael Mikes again and would have to be beaten twice to not advance to the American Legion World Series. The Rugs dropped the first game to the Mikes 12-9, forcing a winner-take-all game just a short while later. Paul Shortridge and Ryan Clemente combined a great effort that left the Spartans victorious 8-7. Landon Sandy hit a walk-off single in the bottom of the eighth inning, sending the Carpetland Rugs from Lincoln, Nebraska to the American Legion World Series in Shelby, North Carolina. 
We talked earlier about the Mikes being a really tough team, but the Rugs were able to pull out the victory. What does this say about the tenacity of the group? You know, we got some good some good outings in game one. You know, I mean, Connor was pretty good. They blew some balls in and they got some hits. And then Tanner threw really well in relief. But um, us being able to get Paul out, hold Paul for the final, and then the maturity that Paul showed that day. Because if you look at Paul's stats from the spring, I mean, there wasn't a ton of guys on base. You know, he was pitching a ton of clean innings. And that, that day, nothing was clean. You know, the St. Mike's team would, would get a two-strike hit or they'd get a leadoff single. So Paul was pitching with guys on base the whole game. And just his presence on the mound, it was like a championship presence. It was like, you know, you ever watch Terrence Crawford fight when he's in the ring, man? It's like a championship presence. Like he is ready for what's next. And that's how I felt watching Paul that day. It's like, we're going to have to score some runs for Paul, but Paul is not going to lose to St. Mike's. And then, you know, Paul ran out of gas and Ryan left the ball up and the freaking kid ran into it. Coach Lonick made a terrible pitch call and nobody blinked. You know, they had a bomb and their parents were chanting, we're going to Shelby, we're going to Shelby. And uh, our kids just went back to work. So testament to them. That was a, that was fun. That was another exhausting day. Those ended tournament doubleheaders, man, there mentally exhausting for me. I can't imagine how the boys feel. The Rugs then eventually made their way to Shelby, North Carolina, where the American Legion World Series is held. Carpetland dropped their first game to Florence Post 1, 3 to nothing. There were delays with starting the game, which was already supposed to start at 8 p.m. Needless to say, the game finished well after midnight. What was the message to this team after a tough loss? We uh, practiced, I think, the next night. It was a kind of a low-key practice. We went to a JUCO, Cleveland County Community College, I think is what it was, right? Yeah. Anyway, we just had a nice BP round. Kids got some swings in, and then we met afterwards, and I just felt like it wouldn't surprise me if you guys won it all. And I was being honest, but it was just a, a comment. And, I mean, it's just who these kids are. It's like I've learned not to doubt them. <laughs> well, do you remember we went to the like the lake house and at first for like 30 minutes it was like pretty chill and relaxed and everyone was hanging out and then pretty soon like the most competitive chess game you ever saw broke out and then you know kids were kind of having fun in the pool and then Berkey goes in the pool and the pool is like a war zone yeah. and it's just like those dudes compete at everything yeah. and you know that was no different so uh, that was a good day off for us. It was really cool. Our host family and Jax, our bat boy, shout out Jax, kind of took care of us, and uh, we got back to work. Paul Shortridge then had a complete game shutout against Brooklawn Post 72 the next game, and the offense was able to string together a few runs to make the final score 3 to nothing rugs. Chase Nelson also had a complete game shutout the next game against Prairie Legion, and the offense pulled off nine hits and nine runs. Talk about how huge it was to win both these two games with how the World Series is set up and after losing the first game. That game against Brooklyn was amazing. Those guys were really good. I mean, we played so good coming off a loss. They played so good. Yeah, Paul didn't give up much, but anything he gave up, Keynes just went running into the fence to catch it. That's what I remember. That was uh, Mason was, you know, his his catch for um, his catch for Cheyenne made Sports Center, 
but he had the one versus Brooklawn and probably three versus Harrisburg that were all just as good. He was a highlight reel out there. And then we knew we knew after we beat Brooklawn, we knew how good Brooklawn was. We knew after we beat them, it was all going to kind of come down to runs allowed. And so for our offense to give Chase a lead, but then for Chase to keep getting zeros versus Iowa, it was like we knew if we gave up none, we were in for sure. If we gave up like one or two or three or four, it was going to get kind of sketchy. So we just let Chase ride through the pitch count stuff. Yeah, Paul and Chase saved their best outings for last, which was you know pretty amazing after the years they had. In the semifinals game versus Cheyenne post six, Ryan Clemente put forth a great performance closed by Connor Johnson. This was a huge moment for the team, Lincoln, and the state of Nebraska. You guys were getting a lot of recognition, and Mason had just had the number one catch on SportsCenter Top 10. What was all of this like for you? Honestly, for me, I just couldn't, you know, I knew we had to take care of the boys, and it was nice. We had a bunch of parents there, and we wanted to, you know, let the boys enjoy it. But for me, I was just trying to do my part to give us a chance or to increase our chances. So I would spend most of the night just watching video, charting hitters, going back through data just to make sure we were in the right spots, to make sure we were calling the right pitches, doing the right things because, you know, the margin for error is so thin. After a really good and tough game, the Carpetland Rugs fell short to League City, Texas, one to nothing, making them the American Legion World Series runners-up. Describe your overall experience at the American Legion World Series. Yeah, I think it was really cool. I mean, that game was obviously um, a little disappointing. Uh, I really did think that we were just as talented as them. Um, I mean, Carter was really good on the mound. We made one mistake in the first inning, and it came back to bite us. We out-hit him. I mean, we did a lot of things right in that game where a lot of times we'd probably win that. Um, but overall, I mean, it was a really cool experience. I mean, just, I mean, it's not a very big town. I mean, it feels like at every game, there's the whole, the whole town is there. Just everybody kind of backing one thing is pretty cool to watch. And just the experience with the players and the coaches and kind of just being around each other for two weeks straight regionals and the world series was a lot of fun and things I won't forget. Yeah. I mean, when you go on the road for a while, you're kind of like, Oh, I mean, for me, this is my perspective. Cause I'm kind of a homebody. I like my routine and, but a couple days, well, we were playing Cheyenne and I'm starting to think, man, I don't know if I want this to end. I'm kind of getting used to this. And this is at the time when we're starting to take our paid time off to cover our days that we're not at school working. Yeah. We're taking our sick days. <laughs> right. to coach. So, it was bittersweet at the end. Um, you know, it would be nice to celebrate and win it all, but from a big picture standpoint, it was just the culmination of an amazing nine months. But I think like the World Series experience as a whole for me was, you know, one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of as a coach. It was really cool to be able to bring our team there. You know, I had been there before. It was really cool to bring our coaches and our team there. And then I was just so proud of how our kids embraced it, man. Our, our bat boys at the end were so heartbroken and I think they were heartbroken because we lost but I think they were heartbroken because it was over because you know they weren't going to see Garrett and AJ and Mason and all those guys anymore so a testament to our guys I got a text from our host family afterwards and his text was just talking about how he was so amazed by how respectful our kids were how gracious and caring our kids were 
you know, that's the sort of stuff I won't forget about that team is how they embraced, you know, bat boys and they embraced kids and they embraced being, you know, looked at. Because whether you want to say it or not, man, when you make it to the World Series, you're treated like a star. And our kids embrace that. And it can go one of two ways. You can, you know, be treated like a star and be standoffish and, you know, think you're you're too good for it. But our kids were the opposite. You know, they stayed after and hugged and took pictures. And, you know, they still talk to those kids, which is the coolest thing ever. The Carpetland Rugs finished the season 53-12 and after a 31-4 and spring season. As you reflect on this season and the year, what are you most proud of? I look back on this year and I'm just thinking that I'm very proud and blessed to be a part of seeing something come to fruition. Having an idea, sitting in a cafeteria five years ago with Coach Lonick when he said that we're going to go win a state championship and getting excited and intensely working towards that and having it happen doesn't happen a lot. And I'm just very thankful that it did happen. And it gives me energy and excitement and a plan moving forward. Yeah, I think one of the really cool things to me, and I mean, obviously it's fun winning a lot of games and going to all these cool places and this and that, but um, just kind of the progression of our culture altogether. Um, I mean, it kind of came to fruition a little bit. I mean, obviously going to the World Series and seeing this winning culture win. Um, but I think it was really cool just, I mean, with past players texting like Sam Rogge and Jalen Welch and those guys texting us before or after games and saying, what's your game plan for tomorrow and this and that. I think that's really cool. And then just as a community as a whole, I mean, I'm sure all of our phones were blowing up from my coworkers to my aunts and uncles and, I mean, you name it. It's, it's all across the board that everybody's, once you get to that stage, everybody's on your side and it's fun to watch. I think what I'm most proud of is the growth of our individual players inside of our team environment. You know, if you look at Kai Berkey, didn't play a ton in the spring. People are telling him he'll never be able to, you know, play at East. And what does he do? He goes out in the summer, he hits 365 and plays multiple positions and just competes at the highest level. Those kids believing in the development and, you know, just trusting it and working is what I'm so proud of. But honestly, hope, like, I think all of us, as crazy as it sounds, is like, I think we're ready to turn the page and get back to work. You know, like, it's been fun celebrating and it's been fun reminiscing. But I think, like, for all of us, it's like, that's going to be fun in 10 years or in 20 years. For us, it's like, okay, how do we bring these pieces back together? How do we get better defensively? How do we figure out how to be a more consistent offense. I know that's where Ben's brain is. He's nodding his head. You know, I know that's where Noah's at. And that's where our boys are at too because Bill Belichick talks about it's almost easy the first time. It's the easiest the first time. It gets a lot harder after that because everybody in your program has to be united and hungry in what you want to do. You know, and if if somebody's not, then it's not going to be. But I think we have a really, really critical job ahead as coaches and as leaders inside of our program with our players to get back to work and get back to being the hunter and being hungry because you better believe, man, when the spring starts and teams see you know, Lincoln East on their schedule or in their tournament, they're going to be excited to play us and they're going to have us circled. And you know that wasn't the way it was five years ago. So it's going to be a real challenge for the leadership on our team, but it's something I'm looking forward to. And it's something we think about all the time is how do we how do we get them in the right mind frame? So, yeah, I just think 
what you've done, Hope, is so incredible. And, and bringing this out to people has been so cool. I just, I know I'm excited to get back to work and I think everybody else is too. Thank you all so very much for joining me on this episode of East Baseball on the Mic. And stay tuned for the next episode.